thank you for tuning in to this sixth episode of Expanding Your Perception. Today I'm recording from upstate New York, north of my home in Manhattan. It's a warm, muggy day. Maybe you can hear the cicadas uh, singing their songs in the background. Maybe you can hear the flies buzzing around me. And today we're going to be exploring and really continuing this idea of not just dealing with uncertainty, but how to thrive because of uncertainty. And in the last episode, we talked about being proactive, proactively activating your prefrontal cortex. And where is a place where we can actually be proactive, where we can all be proactive, something that is deeply accessible to all of us. And I've just finished doing exactly what that is, which is writing and journaling as a means of a discovery, of a process of discovery, because a process of discovery is actually nothing other than an iterating. It's not an iterating to answers, though. It's an iterating to better questions. And, and to do this well, you must identify those usually invisible biases, assumptions that actually uh, shape your actions. Because it's these assumptions and biases that define who you are. They define your identity. Which is why questioning them can actually be very scary, even risky, because it's actually questioning who you think to be. Hence the evolution of consciousness, really. To have the freedom to explore and experience the intimate process of discovery and self-discovery in the privacy of your own mind. By documenting this process, your writing becomes really consciousness manifest, which is why journaling can be invaluable and actually should be treated as such. Because it gives you the freedom to what I call see yourself see with honesty. And in your life, um, document not only who, what, when, and where of each day's experience, but also document where you found beauty in the possible, where you found joy in the common and, and gratitude in the everyday. And don't ignore the strife. Don't ignore the struggles and the loneliness that you face, that we all face. And also, finally, engage in the why of each experience and how you might apply that why to your future experiences. My suggestion is that the aim in all of this is not simply to shift your perception, but to proactively expand it. And so to do so, to sort of motivate you for this journaling, this writing, as a means of being proactive in dealing and contending and ultimately thriving with your uncertainty, I'm going to take a, a fairly vulnerable action here, and I'm going to share with you, with no small amount of trepidation, a personal entry in the form of a poem. And again, it's in the hope that it might catalyze your own proactivity in the face of uncertainties that we, we and you face in your life. The title of this poem is Thriving from Not Knowing. So here we go. When we open our eyes and face ahead, each step forward is further into night. Few things frighten us more, uncertainty. Hiding in the living darkness after parents turned out the lights, behind the pregnant flicker of a glowing bonfire after stories told, masked by ancient night of forests as we walk past deep shadows, it's not knowing that dwells beyond the here and now that we fear. For we are aware of our destination, the one certainty of each day's grain passing from now to there, encouraged by the hourglass, life's only frame. It guides every decision we made and will ever make an infinite number of times. But to stride with the skull of uncertainty in one's arms, which is the first step towards anywhere, 
is to travel with courage from A to not A by looking away from obvious past meanings. Where we look reveals who we were, but where we look away from reveals who you will become. As sand speeds moment by day, grace is not in the delusion of seeing an unemptied side full, nor in grasping for the upper chamber of hours glass, but in being grateful for the sand's flow. For life is natural movement, and beauty is imperfection. The question is, what will you do at the equatorial zone? Seek to question or seek to convince. The answer will create you. The most dangerous thing you've ever done is a word. Why? Its answer perceptions the brain and emotions the heart and recreates foundations even in places they laid before. The strata of time is inverted for a life lived with kindness, curiosity, and courage. Not upwards towards the sky, but downwards towards the earth's core, where the most recent actions become ground to everything else that came before. I hope you enjoy this episode. We're going to talk about hope today, because hope is a powerful, powerful perception. The idea that there is something beyond you, that you will eventually have the possibility to do more than you're doing now, that your existence matters. This idea has driven human evolution, I would argue, that there will be ongoing value in your existence when your body is no longer present has been a tremendous driver. But when a brain loses hope, it's not just that brain that loses, we all lose. And what do we lose? We lose what is essential. So what is essential? Well, Maslow's pyramid suggests that your lowest, most essential need for life is to have your most basic physiological needs met. And of course, this is true at the molecular level. It has to be true, right? This is just biology and physiology. Our cells cannot live without energy and water. But are energy and water the most essential layers upon which all else is built in your life? And I personally think not. I think there are other ways to starve. The cells of your brain and body evolve to need something else as well. They need a reason, which is awe-inspiring when you think about what that actually means. What was the reason you got up this morning? What propels you forward? Questions we often forget to ask, much less live by. There's only one answer that is common to all brains, because all of our brains are relative machines. We do, we make, we push, we text message, we move in the pursuit of one thing feedback. Our brains need it. Without feedback, there's no way to learn. There's no way to adapt to uncertainty, much less to thrive in it. Without feedback, you feel like you're a ghost. It's how your brain knows that it exists, literally, which is why your brain evolved to perceive relationships, not absolutes. So much so that even at the most basic level of perception, without contrast, without difference, your brain cannot even see. So to, to demonstrate this, look at a point out into space, somewhere out over there, where there is no movement. It looks stable to you, I imagine, unmoving, and yet your eyes are actually moving, even now. But you just don't know it. You're blind to the movements of your own eyes. These unconscious small movements are called saccades and microsaccades. What would happen if you could actually stop them? What would happen if you could actually stop your eyes from moving unconsciously? And this has been done. In fact, there's a way for you to do it to yourself. 
And what you do is you actually take your finger and you, you push it into your tear duct and you push your eye to the back of its socket and you actually stop it from moving. And what do you think happens? Well, the reality is that you go perceptually blind, at least for a moment. Your eyes are open and yet you can, you can watch the whole world disappear right in front of them. You see, as far as your brain's concerned, life is contrast, life is movement. I've said this many times. It's not continuity and stability. If there's no movement across your retina, no change in space or time, your brain just stops looking. So your brain needs feedback. It's wired for it. It's wired for cause and effect. When your brain directs its hands to push on something and it feels resistance, it feels that thing pushing back or it sees movement as a result of that effort. Your brain now knows I'm here. So while Maslow is correct, and he has to be, he's also only superficially correct, since we cannot live without a perceived sense of self-existence. And that perception necessarily lives in the space between us and between us and the world. It's feedback that creates life. And the nature of that feedback determines the nature of that life and for better or for worse, for that matter. Without it, we literally perish. With plenty of food, water, and warmth, when one's perception of existence is malnourished, it can result in suicide or drug addiction. It results in destructive behaviors that attempt to force others to notice, I'm here too, especially for those whose society has ignored, and much, much worse than ignore. Without a sense of existence, you become a perceptual ghost. So Descartes was wrong. It's not, I think, therefore I am. That's solitary. That's non-relational. That's being a jar on the shelf of Berkeley's study. That's impossible. That's not how your brain works. For your brain, it's different. It's, I affect, therefore I exist. And yet so many people in our society do not affect. They do not feel alive. They push, they try, but their brain doesn't get feedback or the feedback it gets is destructive. And each time they feel that increasingly transparent sense of self. We have been experiencing and have experienced for years the consequence of an increasing sense of transparency of others. And it might look completely foreign to you, the destruction, the anger, you might feel an inability to empathize. And if this is true for you, your brain can empathize because your brain doesn't need to empathize with the conditions that remove that cause and effect in their lives that were beyond their control, that created their transparency. Instead, your brain can empathize with the resulting feeling of the transparent self itself. Instead, your brain can empathize with the resulting feeling of the transparent self itself. And you know what it feels like to feel transparent, to have no feedback for your actions, to feel you have no consequence. Indeed, to be of no consequence, to feel like no one cares, to feel like a ghost. It's common for every human brain to perceive this because that is how the brain works and your brain is just like everyone else's. All of our brains see in relational terms, and when we feel we are a ghost, we all feel the same as other ghosts, though of course for very different reasons. And a side note, it's essential not to confuse one's subjective sense of transparency with the objective difference in the causes of that transparency. Some causes are simply much worse than others objectively. 
So whether you agree or disagree with the anger that is expressing itself and has expressed itself in our cities around the world, and while you might lack the awareness of the reasons for that anger since your lived experience is different, which might cause you to think, I would never behave in such a way, is that really true? What would you do to feel that you existed if every one of your previous behaviors diminished you in the world, imprisoned you in being a ghost, as it is for some people and some communities more than others? What would you do to create the possibility for your child to have the hope of existing in the future? That feeling of the ghost is where your brain can find empathy. And with that empathy comes the possibility for compassion in action, not retribution. What then is the core to all of our existence? Is it food, shelter, and water, as Maslow suggests? Or is it something else that transcends these, something that makes sense of our physiology? And when you look back at your life, what is it that you want to see? Is it meaningfulness, value, ease, or something else? The Lab of Misfits has been running an experiment to address this question. And if you go to www.labofmisfits.com, you'll be able to take part in this experiment, which we call the Looking Back Experiment. And in that, we're calculating what is the purpose that people want to see in their lives? What's the most common purpose that drives them? Now, some people, it's to be more meaningful, to be happy, to feel you have an easy life. All of these are subjective perceptions, and yet they all have objective consequences on the cells of your body and of your brain. They will not only determine the quality of your life, they will determine how long and well you live, as well as the nature of your relationships. They will also shape yours and our society. When unmet, they can destroy not just your life, but the lives of those around you. So what is it for you? In the future, when you look back on your w.laveofmisfits.com, in time, with certainty, what do you want to see? Did your words, intentions, and actions align? And did they align with the reason why you woke up this morning? Did you make decisions in your life, especially in times of great uncertainty, like now, that enabled you to thrive? And more importantly, for the health of your brain, did you enable someone else to thrive? My view is that the greatest gift we can give to another is the gift of existence by the simple act of listening in the pursuit of understanding. Understanding requires the courage, indeed the strength, to say, I don't know. Which is why creating begins with humility. Thank you for listening. My name is Bo Lotto, and thank you for listening to my Expanding Perception podcast, which will be an ever-expanding story of the neuroscience of uncertainty, and how we can not just cope with it, but expand because of it. My aim in creating this podcast is really to try to help you increase your perceptual intelligence, which will give you the ability to make the decisions and take the actions that will foster a more loving, adaptable, and optimistic life in an increasingly uncertain world. My hope is that this podcast will help you in your journey to self-honesty, which is one of the hardest journeys we can take in our life since it's a never-ending practice and might take you to places that you might want to avoid. 
But if you have the courage and compassion to go on this journey, you'll find that it's worth it. And it will create true authenticity in your way of being. A deeper consideration of many of the ideas in the Expanding Perception podcast can be found in my book, Deviate, The Creative Power of Transforming Your Perception. You can also follow me and my Lab of Misfits on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. You can also take part in experiments on the Lab of Misfits website that we've designed just for you to help you better understand who you are. So thank you, and I hope you enjoy these episodes.